Frank, welcome to Global Conversations. And thank you for giving me your time from your hectic schedule. And let's start. So tell me, like, uh, are you a motivational speaker from the beginning or were you there in the corporate world before starting the exuberant animal? What is the story behind it? Right. Well, I'm not sure I'd call myself a motivational speaker. I, I'm more of a, I think what you call a freelance professor. And so I do lectures and workshops. And that's something that I've done for, for quite a number of years. And I really enjoy it. Um, it came out of my experience as an undergrad at Stanford. And I studied human biology. And I got really interested in the history of the body. And that's what led me to go to Africa and, and study human evolution. And little by little, I started putting it all together. And Exuberant Animal became this health and fitness um, program where we do a lot of movement. We do a lot of physical movement. But we also talk about the state of the human animal and how to make it better. Right. Uh, so I read that you're a black belt and you do a lot of uh, physical exercise like rock climbing and all that is it part of your experience from africa because you've traveled extensively in africa right and it, it might seem like an odd combination of things but when i started training in martial arts i really fell in love with it it was just really exciting for me and I, this was back during the bruce lee era and everybody was really turned on by bruce lee and as I was. And so I would go to the dojo, the, the studio every night and train. And I just became interested in everything that had anything to do with the human body. And so I started asking a lot of questions about how we got here, how we're in this state, why are so many people suffering from different kinds of ill health? And it all kind of came together. It kind of fit. So but uh, you know like i've seen your work on your website and you're more into you know uh, go back to your roots uh, back to the you know uh, village or maybe have like a organic living but mm -hmm. most of the people you know they come out of village they want to travel towards the city it's like you know a different wave altogether like the the grass is greener on the other side we can say like the city people they want to go to the village and the village people want to come to the city so how do you see how do you see that i mean how do you balance that right and that's that's really a great way to put it because there's this real conflict there's this real tension between our history as as animals and our this huge amount of time that we spent as hunter gatherers and that seems to be what is normal for human beings but then we have this really small amount of time which is the modern world and it's very it's wonderful in a lot of ways but it's also alien to us in a lot of ways too so you're right people are, are rushing out of the past to get to the future but then a lot of people in the future now are rushing to get back to the past and that's here in the u.s we we have what's called the paleo movement and a lot of people are trying to get back to nature get back to our roots get, and that's that's a great desire it's a great impulse but it's really hard to do. 
because we live in cities, you know. So what, according to you, like, why are we humans behaving like this? Like, why do you, we want to go back to our roots? Well, the, the modern world is very much an alien environment in so many ways. It forces us to behave in ways that are really inconsistent with our history. And so we have things like cognitive overload, which is where there's too much stuff to learn and too much stuff to absorb. That's brand new. That's like, that never happened before. And we're always in a hurry. That's called temporal poverty. And we have these bizarre ways of communicating with each other now through electronics. And this is called asynchronous communication, where we we send out an email and maybe you get a reply back right away. Maybe it takes a month. You, you never know. And so everything's jagged and our, our tribes are always in flux. So if you, if you were in a hunter gatherer tribe in a native tribe, you would have lived in one tribe for your whole life and you would have known everybody in your tribe. And there would have been no confusion about any of that. But now we're confused all the time because People are always making up and breaking up and our tribes are in flux all the time. And that's very confusing for people. So I think that's one reason why, one reason why we're so stressed and one reason why we, there's, there's this impulse now to go back. Yeah, right. So uh, talking about the stress, uh, your new book is coming out. So what is it about? Like, uh, what does it uh, give insights into the human behavior, human nature? What is the advice? your book right well so the book is called beware false tigers and the idea that there are some tigers in our world that are real and some that are false and we have trouble making the distinction between those two you know some of our problems we blow way out of proportion and others we ignore completely so maybe you get really angry at somebody on the street but when you look back at the next day you say you know that was really a false tiger that was actually a little problem and i made it into a big problem and at the same time we ignore a lot of the big tigers like climate change like habitat destruction and that kind of thing so the book is about focus about trying to identify the real tigers and to get stressed in the right degree at the right time that's what's really crucial and there's ideas about how to get better at dealing with stress that kind of thing too so it's stress is a really exciting topic for me and i think a lot of people um need some help along that way yes but nowadays we are bombarded a lot about you know uh, positive affirmations and uh, holistic healing and you have all these social media apps that you know they keep uh, saying about manifestation and there is a lot of emphasis on being happy all the time so according to you uh, a human has you know very myriad of emotions and we experience a lot of emotions in a day itself so is it possible for a human to be happy all the time is that right. possible? Well, that's a really interesting question because what I've seen in my reading and just my personal experience is that there's more and more emphasis now in modern culture on the self, on the individual. And so we spend a lot more time talking about and thinking about, am I happy? Am I okay? What about me? That's actually new. 
that's actually kind of abnormal. Um, because if you lived out in a hunter-gatherer environment in the bush, you would never see a picture of yourself. You would never see a mirror. You would have no really idea what you looked like. And so you wouldn't spend that much time thinking about yourself or your appearance or your performance or even whether or not you were happy because you lived in a tribe and the tribe was yeah. everything for you. But now we think about ourselves all the time and we're encouraged to think about ourselves all the time. And I think that that's, there's a shadow effect there. There's a, a downside to that because you know, self-improvement, self-help, all of these things can be valuable, but they can also backfire. And if you spend too much time thinking about yourself, then you miss the world and it doesn't work. It doesn't work so well. <laughs> yeah, I was actually coming to that. You know, I was going to say that uh, throughout your travel in Africa, like they are more about, you know, the tribe and community and being uh, a close-knit community, I could say. Something like, you know, uh, sitting uh, around a bonfire and talking and having stories and conversations. And nowadays we don't have that in right, modern right. families. So how right. was your experience in Africa and how do you uh, like, uh, would like to give an advice to the people, like to the modern world? That is what we are in a corporate jungle now. <laughs> right. Well, I, um, I had a really interesting story there because... When I went to Africa, I went by myself and I went to, I stayed at a hotel in Tanzania and they didn't, they didn't see that many white people. And I was talking to one of the locals, one of the people who worked in the hotel and he asked me why I was there. And I told him I was there doing some research, writing a book, that kind of thing. And he said, well, what about, where's your family? Why didn't you bring your family with you? And I said, well, we don't really work that way. We don't really do things that way. And he just, for the life of him, he couldn't understand it. He had to ask me like four or five times, why didn't you bring your family? Aren't you a unit? Aren't you a group that stays together? And I said, no. And so he was very confused about all of it. But in, in Africa, there's a philosophy called Ubuntu. And Ubuntu simply means that people identify with their tribe first and foremost. That's, that's where they get their sense of self. It's through the tribe. And they have, a, they have a, a motto, you might say, I am who I am because of who we are. And it's a really different idea that we ha than we have today. So as, as far as getting some sense of Ubuntu in the modern world, that's hard to do because we are so fractured and we are so fragmented. And all I can say there is you have to make the effort. You have to try somehow to stay close to your people and to identify with them more, to move away from the narcissism that is so common in the modern world. So that's, that's my advice on that. Narcissism is like in the family itself, you might have narcissists and you know like people who like put you down so how do you deal with that how do you deal with a narcissist well it's it's hard because um we think it's just individual people who behave that way and that, that's true but it's also our culture um 
throughout the 20th century, narcissism has become more and more common and we reward it. We reward people for being narcissistic. We reward people for promoting themselves and for, you know, here in the States, we have children who we encourage them to start building up their resumes when they're in kindergarten. I mean, this is a, a very strange culture that we're in. And in a way, it's not surprising that people act that way because we reward it. So I think you have to just relax a little bit and accept that some people are going to behave that way and help them to grow out of it, help them to see that, yeah, you're, you know, you're actually part of a bigger system. And that's, that's what I try to do. So uh, coming back to physical activity, do you think we are being getting lazy as humans since AI is taking over artificial intelligence? Uh, it's everywhere and the technology is increasing day by day. Um, oh, yeah. yeah, I have a lot of uh, I have a lot of opinions about that kind of thing about AI, because, um, yes, I think humans are getting lazy uh, in in a lot of ways. And as we use more machines to make decisions about the world, then we do less of that ourselves. So. I mean, again, think about your hunter-gatherer origins. When you are out on the grassland, you're exercising judgment all the time based on what your body is telling you. Your body tells you that the grassland is this way, the animals are this way, the weather is this way. And so you have to practice. You have to practice exercising your own judgment. But now with the machines telling us what to do, we don't practice that anymore. We just wait for the phone to tell us what to do. And that's really dangerous. So I, my recommendation is to try and minimize the use of electronic devices whenever we can. And for example, I, I don't take my phone with me when I go out to walk the dog. I don't take my phone with me to the store. I always leave it at home and treat it like a landline. And I try and stay on my own two feet and use my own mind as much as I can. <laughs> that is interesting, like a line line, something different. I was just imagining it, uh, how we it used to be in the olden times. Yeah, the line line, when it rings, you pick it up. Otherwise, yeah. it's just there. So how, before we can wrap up the part one of the interview, uh, tell us something about exuberant animal. Like it works with yoga instructors, and uh, PT teachers and maybe you know, a lot of uh, community activities that you do with it. How did it come about, the exuberant animal? How did it all begin? Well, it started with my experience in the martial arts, which, like I said, it was really important for me. Um, it's a great education because your body's involved, your mind's involved, and there's a tribe of people in the dojo. And that was, for me, that was really exciting. So when I started doing exuberant animal, I was doing these weekend workshops and bringing people together to experience that. And it's really fun because we do physical movement and then we'll do a lecture or a presentation and then we'll do another movement class and then another lecture presentation. So throughout the weekend, it'll go with this nice rhythm. And that's ideal for learning because your, your body is engaged, you have time with your friends it's very social and then you get to learn a few things from whoever's doing a presentation and 
that kind of model for education is fantastic because everybody's engaged, everybody is paying attention and it, it's just wonderful. So the pandemic really made that difficult. We, we had to stop doing the workshops for, you know, it's been almost two years now, but uh, hope to pick it up again and make that um, a real a regular feature. I'll be, I'll be in, uh, in France next spring and the UK next spring doing these kind of things. So it will be fun. Okay, that is interesting. So thank you so much for being with me this evening for the part one of our interview. And part two, we'll be divulging a little deeper into the human behavior uh, yeah. and the ancestral roots. I would like to ask some serious questions as well about climate change on the human body, how it's going to affect us and the stress that we're experiencing. So thank you, Frank, so much for being on my show and have a wonderful evening. Well, thank you so much. It's a real pleasure to talk to you. Thank you.